The Business of Cleaning, the podcast that brings cleaning industry expertise straight to your ears. We interview professionals from all over to bring our listeners knowledge of how to achieve success within their business. Season one is about change management and enabling you to both face and create change in all aspects of your company. We're talking management, HR, suppliers, and more. Let's sweep right into the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Business of Cleaning podcast. My name is Haley Morris, and I am your podcast coordinator and host. Today with us, I have Guy Harris, and Guy Harris is going to go ahead and start us off by telling us about his company and what he does there. So Guy, if you don't mind. Sure. Yep. So uh, the company I work for, I'm the sales manager. It's a certified, certified maintenance service. We're based out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, and we have a uh, subsidiary company called Max Defense Antimicrobial Service, and so you know we're the on the the parent company Certified Maintenance Service. We've been in business you know 25 plus years, and our Max Defense Antimicrobial Service we've been doing for 10 years, and so um, yeah, we're a commercial janitorial company. We're in uh, Chattanooga, Nashville, Knoxville, Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, a little town called Cleveland, Tennessee and Dalton, Georgia. So on the janitorial side of things, and we're nationwide on the, uh, the max defense side of things. So yeah, glad to be here. Appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. It's great to have you. And so what I want to start off first is talking about when we talked before, we mentioned that a lot of what you do with Max Defense started after the 2008 recession. And so I just wanted to kind of go back a little bit since we are in a period of recession right now and we're starting to, to kind of lift back up again, but it's still a struggle for many. So I want to go ahead and jump back a little bit to 2008 and start there where your max defense story did start. So if you don't mind, tell us a little yeah. bit about what happened in that recession. Yeah, no problem. And by the way, I apologize. I have a squeaky chair. So uh, so in 2008, we, you know, with the, the economy took a little downturn. And I remember I opened up the Chattanooga Times Free Press, which, was, which is our newspaper here. And I like on the business section, it said, uh, how to save money if you own or manage a company. And it said, cut out your security, your landscaping, and your janitorial. <laughs> and I, I read it and I thought, oh gosh, what well, this is terrible for us. And so, you know, we had a lot of customers that went from five days to two day service or five days to one. And so, um, you know, in the 25, 26 years we've been in business, we've generally had growth every year. And that year, we started to see like, oh, we're kind of flatlining here and, uh, you know, taking a dip in revenue. So, so we thought, well, you know, what can we do? So, um, so I, at the time we had never bid on federal jobs before. And so I thought, well, let's give it a crack here. And so, you know, we've uh, discovered a website where we could go on and a lot of the listeners here probably are familiar with it, where you could go on and get, you know, basically where every um, federal janitorial bid was bidding. And so we, we started doing that and we started winning some of them and we ended up getting about 30 or 40 uh, federal accounts. And so, uh, so 
what and that was nice but the the deal is you know the the, the margins are slim on them the billing's kind of a headache so but we ran across one and i was a i wrestled in high school and college and at the time i was refereeing you know just in the community here and so a big thing in in the wrestling world at the time was um was skin you know staff and you know fungus type skin issues and so i ran across this federal bid and it was at uh, west point military academy and so and it said you know deep clean their combat training rooms which was essentially their wrestling rooms and uh you know clean them disinfect them apply an antimicrobial coating <clears throat> that was a durable coating that wouldn't just wipe off uh and then do swab testing before you know before and after and so and then present a, a post-treatment report you know to the military and so i read that and i thought um <coughs> excuse me Oh, this is interesting, you know, and, uh, and, and, you know, the antimicrobial uh, coating part of it interested me too, because I, I wasn't really familiar with it at the time. And so I just kind of researched around and uh, found a company that, you know, manufactured the coating and had a service providing team that did what they wanted. And so I contacted them and we arranged a deal where basically they went out and did the job for us. And we build the government, you know, we made money, they made money. And when it was all said and done, I, I said to them, I said, hey, can you teach me what you guys just did? And so they said, sure, you're going to pay us. And so, so we paid them, you know, we paid them for the training and, uh, and then created our, our system uh, based on that. That was kind of the, that was kind of the, the nuts and bolts and, you know, how it got started and everything. So here we are 10 years later uh, with that. It you know it's been it was a nice uh you know when this covid thing hit um it, you know we had a system in place and so our system the max defense antimicrobial system is cdc compliant for covid19 uh you know cleaning and disinfecting it it, it goes beyond really what the cdc requires and so when the covid hit in march i mean we we hit the ground running and so, uh, you know, we didn't have to create marketing materials or, you know, invent a disinfection process. And so, you know, so we, we were kind of ready for that. And for 10 years, you know, we've, you know, we, we've serviced, uh, of course, our markets, but outside of our markets, we realized that we couldn't get to all those places. So we've sold our training uh, to other janitorial companies and allowed them to use you know, our branding, you know, our, you know, marketing materials and training procedures. And we give them, uh, you know, they can buy direct from our manufacturers that we buy from, we don't market up or anything. So we essentially sell our training to them. And then of course, if, uh, we assist with marketing and lead generations and jobs and, and that sort of thing for our service providers. So, so that's how we got started. And here we are 10 years later. It's really impressive to see, you know, a company, especially within the cleaning space, that took something that could have easily been a bad situation with the 2008 recession and turned it into an opportunity. And it wasn't like, boom, it happened. It was a little bit of a process, it sounds like, to get there, but you did eventually get there. It was, yeah, so, it definitely was a process. And and I, and I, you know, when, 
I talked to, I was talking to a, a, a guy that owns a small janitorial company in the Carolinas and he's interested in becoming a service provider. And I'm like, listen, you can do what we do. Right. But it's taken us 10 years to kind of fine tune it. You know, I mean, you can go out and create your own brand and create your procedures and processes, figure out where to get the chemicals from and, and all this. I said, you know, we've spent over a hundred thousand dollars, you know, getting this system in place over the years. And so I said, but you know, or you can just pay for our training and, and you get everything and we have you ready to roll, you know, offering disinfection services to your clients in, you know, probably a week or less, you know, so, so that's kind of the, it's kind of the, the benefit it's, you know, it's a turnkey system. There's a lot of janitorial companies that may not be part of a franchise, you know, cause the franchises have got things locked down. They they've got their systems in place. They've got their marketing materials, but for the, the independent, you know, janitorial companies, you know, it, it's cost money to get a graphic designer and, you know, build a website and, you know, these, you know, figure out, uh, you know, the SEO stuff on it. And so, um, you know, so here we are, you know, we can, we can kind of help them and level the playing field, I, I think, um, and, and get them, you know, offering that service to their clients. And, you know, that's, it, it, you know, it's good business. It's, it's, it's good profitable business. You know, we're fair with our pricing to our clients and they appreciate that because people know when you're gouging them. And in a time like this, you know, we've had, we've had a lot of our clients just really appreciate that, you know, that we give fair pricing on our service and, and um, you know, cause people will remember when the dust settles, people will remember if you took advantage of them. That's true. It's very true. So kind of going back to the idea of just the franchise versus the service provider, just to kind of nail home that what is, or how would you define the difference between a franchisee and someone who's a service provider for something like Max Defense? Yeah, so I get that question uh, frequently, and it's you know people ask us, "Hey, are you are you selling a franchise?" I'm like, no, we're not selling a franchise. We're just selling our training, our knowledge, our marketing materials, and uh, so you know when we sell our training, and uh, a, a company becomes a service provider, you know they go out and get their own jobs. They they can put a link on their website to our max defensesystem.com website and the jobs that they get we don't take anything from it and it's a it's a one you know there is an annual renewal fee of course and it's modest but uh and the training is is very affordable and so um yeah so it's not a franchise we just simply sell the training now if we bring them a job like if if you know if we're doing you know google marketing and and through one of our leads, you know, we secure a job and a contract for it. We'll give them the job, but we take a piece out of that action because, you know, we have to pay for Google and Google's not, uh, <laughs> Google's not exactly cheap these days. Oh, and then you're also kind of acting as a lead provider at that point too. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And actually more of a, more of a lead provider. It's a, it's a job provider. When we call them, you know, we're not saying, Hey, here's a lead, go run it down. We're saying, you know, here's a job. This is a job and, and we need, we need, you know, we need you to do it. It's in your marketplace. And, and there's still there it's, 
you know, it should, I'm into win-wins and, uh, you know, the service provider still wins when we provide them a job, you know, and we take, yeah, you know, of course we, you know, we take something out of it, but that just, that covers our, our marketing costs really. Now the CMS, do you guys still act as your own service provider for Max Defense? Yes. Yeah. So, so when we created the system, um, you know, we created the system and then we became a service provider of our system. And so in our market, we're, we're certified maintenance, you know, is an authorized service provider of the max defense system, which we created. So, um, yeah. And so that's, uh, so we're, we're the only, <laughs> we're the only service provider exclusive in our area, but that's cause we, we don't want to sell the training to any of our competitors locally here. Sorry. <laughs> it does make a little sense to, to not drive away your yeah. own business. Yeah, exactly. Um, yes. So when I was looking over the website for Max Defense, I noticed that there were, it was a five-step process. Would you mind going over those five steps for us? Oh, sure. Uh, so it's a clean, a kill, a coat, a swab, or a test, and then a document. So it's clean, kill, coat, swab, and document. And so basically, you know, the CDC requires that you, you know, manually clean the touch points, right? Uh, and then disinfect them. And so, in a, you know, and a lot of our customers don't know that when we get a call for COVID-19, you know, a, a lot of our, a lot of our clients uh, say, yeah, can you guys just come in with the electrostatic and spray? You know, we had a, we had someone test positive. And so, you know, you kind of have to educate the, the client on, all right, the CDC requires that you clean those touch points first and then you, then you disinfect. So we use electrostatic sprayers. We use, uh, we use victory electrostatic sprayers. We have a great relationship uh, with our, with the local uh, uh, distributor here at Chattachem. And so we use the victory backpack and handheld sprayers. And so we clean the surfaces and then we apply the disinfectant. Of course, it has all the proper kill claims on it with the electrostatics. And then, then we put the antimicrobial coating on uh, and then we do swab testing. We actually do the swab testing before and after. Uh, so it gives us pre and post treatment numbers. And we use ATP, uh, we use ATP meters. And then, um, and then the last thing is the documentation. And I always tell, I tell clients, I say like, you know, the documentation is super important because, you know, in, sa- in the safety world, if you don't document it, you know, you didn't do it. And so they get a post-treatment report from us, tells us, you know, what chemicals were used, what surfaces were done, you know, uh, how long the chemicals were down, what technicians were on the job. And so, you know, they get that. Usually it takes us about a day to get them that after the job is done. They get a certificate and a window sticker and all these things. Uh, so, so that's the five step. It's a clean, kill, coat, uh, test, and a document. So then it's nice from your side, you've done your due process so that should any questions arise, you can come back and say exactly this has happened. But just for future tracking, if you want to make a change, you also already have a basis for starting. And I think some people, when they institute a new process or things, they forget what that basis is for starting so that when they measure it later, they can actually compare and see, is this effective? Is this something we want to continue to evolve with or not? So 
Yes. And so the, the swabbing part of it is really cool. Yeah, and, and here's the thing with ATP meters, you know, they're measuring base ATPs and I, and, and I always butcher the pronunciation of it. it's andonisin triphosphate and someone will probably correct me on my pronunciation of that, but that's basically the energy source for bacteria. So viruses host to get their energy. So they don't have ATP. So the ATP meter uh, is, you know, it's not the silver bullet. It doesn't tell you if there's, you know, the COVID or coronavirus, you know, on the surface. But what it does do, and a lot of food and service and medical use ATP meters as kind of a, you know, a benchmark for cleanliness. And so it gives you a good uh, idea of, hey, how clean was the surface before and after? And so we can show our clients like, okay, when we came in, you know, this desk, it swabbed, you know, uh, 500. And when we finished, it swabbed a five. And, you know, of course, zero is, you know, you can't use the word sterile, but, you know, zero is the lowest reading. And so uh, our, our clients love it. They absolutely love swab because people like data, you know, you know, in the clean, especially COVID-19, you know, they don't know if we're spraying water on the surface, you know, so it's, it is, there's obviously a trust factor and then, but the data of the swabbing, they absolutely love that. And even though it's limited that, you know, it gives you the, you know, ATP for bacteria, um, clients love data. And, and now what we've, what we've seen is our clients that sign up for, you know, uh, monthly or quarterly services, we see a trend of those ATP swabs pre-treatment going down. And then um, this is a, kind of a, a biased but unbiased thing here, but our clients where we do the cleaning and we do the max defense get our lowest swab numbers. So, uh, so you know, it's, um, it's something that if they sign up monthly and they do it for a year or two years, we can really track those numbers and, and even give them a readout of those, you know? So anyway, yeah. So the ATP is a nice piece of that. I, I say this, I say none of the five, nothing here is rocket science, you know, but I think what we've done is we've put together a really nice system and we've packaged it and put a bow on it. And, you know, you take one piece out, you, you know, you, or you divide this system up. It, it's not, it's not terribly complicated, but, you know, it all wrapped together with our marketing and everything. It's just a nice, nice system. It's, it's very interesting too. It's like you said, we have, you now have that data and it's really cool to see that people who are consistent with the use and with your cleaning, you see that decrease over time of, you know, how much is coming back, um, which is kind of cool because it goes into that question of how long then does this cleaning last? Like how long do they reap the benefits, so to speak, by using your services? And so you can say, well, actually they're long-term, especially with continued use. Um, yes. And you have that proof. And I'll say this, one thing it really does is it identifies, like if we're going in and doing a, a max defense uh, service, and this is not a, not a, one of our regular cleaning customers. Well, when we go, we did a bank. Okay. And the check writing counter was pre pre swab was like a, you know, less than a 30, which is really good. 
you know, you can, the, the meters are generally set at like a hundred pass or fail or 150. They, they sometimes come preset or you can, you can set your own pass fail. And it kind of depends on, you know, the, if you're doing an OR, you know, your pass fail needs to be 10 or less. And so, but in a commercial building, like a bank, so we did a pre-swab and it was a, it was a 30 or less. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was low. And then we went behind the counter and we did the telephone that uh, the tellers use, you know, when, when the people are driving through. Oh, and it, it was like in the hundreds, you know, whatever number it was. And so we were able to go back to the client and say, listen, you know, uh, yeah, you know, you, you guys are doing a great job cleaning the check writing counter, but <laughs> a horrible job. You know, you need to pay a little more attention behind the counter on that, that telephone back there. It's, it's pretty nasty. So, um, so anyway, so we can identify, you know, those areas that maybe get, you know, neglected. It, it kind of goes back to, I know a couple of sources I've seen have said, remember with like the, the everyday person, the precautions that we have to take against COVID is cleaning our own surfaces around us. And I kept seeing a couple of things like, don't forget your cell phones, right? Yes. <laughs> because, yes. and it, it makes me think of that. Nobody thinks to clean a phone and yes, you pick right. it up all the time. So if you wash your hands and then you pick up the phone, which hasn't been cleaned, put all that gunk right back on it, all the bacteria, any viruses that may be clinging to it. So it's, it's those touch points people aren't thinking of that are actually high contact. Absolutely. Yep. And so, and so we're able to identify that we, with each, with, with each service, we usually do about three or four random spots. You know, the swabs are, you know, if you buy them from uh, the swab meter we buy is from Hygiena. And I think the swabs cost us like three bucks a swab. So, you know, on a, the larger the, the job we're doing, we'll do more swabs. But uh, or if the customer wants to, you know, get a bunch of swab swabbing done, they, they pay a little more. But generally we do about three or four random spots. And so which ends up being six or six or eight swabs, because if you're doing four spots, you're doing a pre and a post. So uh, but the meters are, are really simple to use. And, uh, you know, you just have to take care of it. You know, you can't give it to your guys that are going to throw it in the back of it. all the equipment, even the electrostatic sprayers, you know, you have to have, we've got our director that oversees all of our jobs. His, his name's Dan Sandoval. He came from, he came from the IT industry, he actually owned an IT company. And so he sold it and then he was working for another IT company and he retired from, from, from that, from the IT world. And so uh, we brought him on when COVID hit. Well, this guy, so he is, he's so meticulous and everything's a step-by-step -step process. He, so he oversees everything. He oversees the equipment, the, you know, and if you don't have a guy, you know, that's really caring for your equipment, you know, it, you know, the, even electrostatic sprayers, those victories are high quality sprayers but you still have to take care of them. You know, the, the guys can't just throw it in the back of the truck, you know? So it's important to have someone in your company. I think, you know, whether you're a service provider for us or doing your own, that really takes ownership of this disinfection process. You know, we've done uh, 275 jobs since March, just in our, just in our area here. And so, um, that's CMS as a service provider. And so, um, you know, it's just, uh, you've got to have, you've got to have someone in your, cause I can't do it. I, you know, 
uh, I'm busy and, but we've got a guy, you know, and then he oversees the crews and, and, and he's, uh, he's there. Dan is there with a stopwatch when he sprays down the disinfectant. He's, he, he's got a stopwatch. Uh, and he was an old uh, college wrestling teammate of mine too. So we go back a little bit. He's, so he's like a coach out there. They spray down the disinfectant. He's, he's got the timer on him, you know, cause the disinfectants have to be down for a certain dwell time. And so uh, anyway, yeah, it's just, uh, it's important to have the, you got to have the right equipment, but you got to have the right people. You know, business is still done with people. You know, one day this cleaning business will be done maybe by robots, but uh, right now it's still human beings that are doing it. They still need to be supervised and, and uh, you know, make sure they're doing the right thing. And it kind of goes back to um, what you're talking about, why, you know, a service provider why would you want to be a service provider versus starting your own process yourself and part of you you already touched on which is that idea that it takes years to develop up like a really well thought out practice like process and practice and actually be able to support and implement and market it and make it a usable part of your company so Another reason would be then that training aspect of it. You've got the training down. You already know the pitfalls and the best practice for everything. So you can come in and train and it cuts back on that implementation time considerably, I would imagine. Oh yeah. When we, when we first started, uh, uh, when we first started doing this, you know, a job might take us, you know, 20 man hours, but after we've got our procedures down, you know, that same job now may be done, you know, by eight to 10 man hours. I mean, just, we, we know, like, I'll go back to Dan. When, when he goes in a building, I mean, how he gets out of his truck, you know, your, how he unloads the truck, how he more, probably more importantly, how he loads the truck, the loading the truck, unloading, you know, get in the building. What's the first thing you do, you know? It's just boom, boom, boom. And if you follow those procedures, it almost cuts our labor in half because otherwise you end up, if you're doing a 20,000 square foot office building with cubicles everywhere and, and you got, you know, a crew of three or four people and they're just kind of <laughs> fumbling around and crossing over, you know? Uh, yeah. So that's a, I, that's another benefit of the, of the system is, is we'll say, look, you bid the job, right? And if you bid it, and typically it's a 20-hour job, but but because you're so efficient, you do it in 10 hours, that's more profit for the service provider. And, you know, the job is still being done, and the steps are followed, and, you know, good for that service provider. I guess what I'm saying is they don't have to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> I was going to say that. I was like, it's already there. Why, yeah. why recreate it? So. Right. Yeah. All right. So one of my last questions for you is what plans for this do you have going forward? So, you know, really uh, just to continue what we're doing and, um, you know, and just, just see how, you know, I am, I, we have plans, we have goals for our company, but I've never been one of those guys of, uh you know, where do you, you know, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Or you know, I always hated those, those, those type questions. I'm the kind of guy that, okay, today we're going to do things right today. We're going to do things right tomorrow. And then 
by doing those things and focusing on executing, you know, doing what you're, what you say you're going to do, uh, good things naturally happen. And so, so, you know, we've, we've been blessed in our, uh, in our janitorial business. It's very strong. And, um, you know, the max defense system is going great. And so we just want to continue to do this and, um, you know, and we'll tweak it as we go, you know, that you never know, there may be another pandemic that comes out and we might have to modify, you know, what chemicals are in the, you know, used in the system. Uh, you know, right now it's pretty, pretty basic, you know, disinfectant that's used for the killing. Uh, but you never know if another pandemic comes, we might have to, you know, change chemicals, but that's the good thing about our system is, you know, we can, we can tweak it and we can, you know, if we have to add in a sixth or seventh step down the road, we'll do that. But right now our, our five-step process is working really, really good for us. That's awesome. And hopefully yeah. we don't see another pandemic shortly. Oh, I know. I know. I know. I know. I would say it's like, you know, it's like working for a fire or, you know, remediation company and someone asks you, you know, how's business? Well, unfortunately it's good. There's, you know, you know, it's, um, it's kind of a weird feeling and I'll give the analogy of like, you know, if you're in athletics, you know, and you're running a race and it's you and the other guy and the other or gal and they blow out their hamstring and you win the race. Well, you won the race. Okay. You feel good that you, you won, but you, you also, you know, you, you didn't quite, quite want to win it like that. And so this is a really, for us, it's a really unusual time. Like, we're happy for the business. We're happy to help our, we're glad that we can help our communities around us and that they can call us and, you know, in a panic and, and say, Hey, we had someone test positive. Can you guys help us? Yes, we can just, we got you. Don't worry. Um, so it, it's kind of a weird time. It's not like we're running around just high-fiving each other. You know, it, it's, it is, it is unusual. We, you know, I am glad and thankful to be in an industry that's needed. Needed. I, I feel for those people that maybe were in an industry that, you know, was not a critical industry during this time and, and got laid off. Or, I mean, it just, it's hard. It really, it's kind of heartbreaking in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, history, it was a hundred years ago when we had the last one. So hopefully it's, it's more, um, or if we yes. come up in 3020 and we have another one that we, uh, we're, prepared because now his, and we document things a lot better than we did back in oh, yeah. So and you know, you know, it's something is um, when we first started this, this was kind of a hard sell. Like I, I would go to our clients and be like, Hey, we got this great system, our max defense, antimicrobial. And, and the, the, now this is, you know, 10 years ago, there was no pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was a hard, hard sell. And so, but then you got, then you had the swine flu and all these other things come up. And so, you know, sometimes it, it's busy and then sometimes it may go down. But what we noticed was when we when it became part of our, you know, repertoire, you know, part of our services offered when we were out pitching janitorial contracts and we're, you know, we're able to say, well, commercial cleaning service, you know, we do stripping and waxing, we do carpet shampooing, windows, blah, blah, blah. And, but and we also have this, you know, and, and they'd be like, oh, 
you could it's our our clients and our prospects i think they like to see that maybe you think outside the box a little bit you've got an extra service there they may never buy it from you they may never need it right and but i really think it has been a, a critical part of our regular janitorial side of things and our parent company at certified maintenance uh to help grow our company and help us you know, help give us these years and years of growth. So, so it's, it's kind of like one helps the other, you know? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you for that. I think it's been an enlightening conversation getting to talk about, you know, the, the steps, but also what it does for not just you, but anybody else who may choose to do it or work with it, especially during a time where keeping clean is kind of uh, a must more than ever before. So with that, I have one last question and that's what sure. advice would you give to a business listening right now? Uh, in regards to kind of help me narrow that down a little bit, if you don't mind. Um, so when it comes to maybe keeping up with a crazy workload, because I think some of, you know, with some more businesses migrating back and more people wanting this level, like the max defense level, of service, how a business could potentially manage that? Should they be looking at max defense? Should they be maybe exploring their own processes a little bit more? Um, what advice can you give somebody who's kind of, you know, throwing out their feelers at this moment? You know, so I am really like territorial, you know, <laughs> like, especially with our clients, like I don't, uh, our, on the janitorial side of things, Oh, I don't like it when another company comes in and says, Hey, you know, they have this, you know, special, whatever service it is. Right. And so I've always kind of been like that. And so I am just really like protective of our customer. I want to service our customers, you know, in the gym. Now we don't try to be all things to all people. We know where our lanes are at. I remember the owner of our company, his, his brother-in-law, <laughs> needed a job and, and he said well we'll just start a painting division in our company because we're in buildings we see buildings that need painting and you know what we weren't that good at it we tried landscaping we weren't that good at it you know and so uh so we know our lanes but anything that's in that janitorial lane and i consider i think now uh the game it's changed disinfecting is going to be part of it everyone is now adding it in. you know before when you did a janitorial bit because i do all of our estimating on the janitorial side of things you, you know you wouldn't put in sometimes uh disinfecting the doorknobs or all the touch points you know of course the break rooms and the restrooms and but sometimes doorknobs were not part of the package but now everything you know your people want to see it oh, that you're disinfecting all those touch points every night and so, um, so I would say, um, you know, to me, I, I just don't like, you know, we have relationships with really hundreds in our market that were not cleaning clients of ours. And, but now they, they call on us for this and we've, we've been able to deliver and, you know, down the road, that might pay off into a janitorial contract. And so I would say that, um, that this, I, I would, you know, 
if I had, you know, I, I would say definitely you, you've got to, you've got to look at the, and if, 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 if you're not doing this disinfection COVID-19 cleanups, I would say definitely something you want to look at, you know, because you, you could end up, you know, you could end up someone sneaking in there and getting your account from you, you know? And so, yeah, I, I would say for sure. All right. Well, thank you for that guy. And so this is where we're going to wrap up for this week's episode. I really want to thank you for coming on. I've enjoyed having you and going through our discussion today. I want to thank everybody who's tuned in and listened or watched our episode. And I also want to remind you, go ahead and give us a follow wherever you're listening to us now and leave us a review so that we can continue to provide great content. And if you have a question or a particular need within the cleaning space that we can also look at addressing that in an episode. So that's it for today. Thank you.